1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Command Zone podcast. I am one of your hosts today, Jimmy Wong, joined by.
2: Hello, I'm DJ. Yay!
1: I, 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 uh, that's been done. Tell so me. Every. Times
2: ev- do you know what? Just every time.
1: <laughs> every time. <laughs> Josh hasn't done it yet, has he? No,
2: he hasn't. Okay, okay. I'll tell him. Just because never... you're better at it. Honestly. <laughs>
1: John, Thank you. Josh is
2: gonna beatbox next episode. <laughs> oh, oh man. To try to one up you. Yeah, and then at some point <laughs> we're just throwing a
1: full on banger before we even <laughs> start. Um so Strict has arrived. Really exciting stuff. Honestly, I think the internet has been collectively a buzz about all the spoilers and previews so far, and we have a bunch of uh my, my well MDF commanders is what we've deemed them. Commanders with two faces. Look at these.
2: I think that these are really cool, and you know, we saw them every so often, um, and we're like, wow, that's really unique, and Mm -hmm. then they came in call time, and then they came in the very next set. They're right now, and so maybe this is something that they're going to be using a little bit more often, and so let's devote some time to talking about these MDF commanders.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, who liked looking at the back of a magic card anyway? Why not put another (laughs) card on there, Uh, and that's what they did. And you might want to pick up some of these as well as the ones from Kaldheim. To do so, head on over to cardking.com slash command zone. That is our amazing affiliate link. All you have to do is enter that and blammo, you're there. I was reading this thread on Reddit the other day that was like, Why I love Card Kingdom? And I didn't even need to click it. I was like, Customer service. I clicked it and it was customer service. They got great customer service. They deliver your cards on time. If something happens to them, because the USPS is a little shoddy sometimes these days, they'll help you fix that problem.
2: Wow, shaded the USPS already. I know,
1: right. And they uh-huh. have that cool new redesigned car, too. And that car <laughs> could be coming to your doorstep with magic cards that you were going to buy anyway. So go to cardking.com slash command zone. Also, make shout out to ultra pro you know you
2: really have to sleeve these because i know josh likes to play you can't have like (laughs) you can't have poor sleeves where you can like like you get it pick them up at a random spot and you can see through the back and see it's a dual face card that's actually
1: a good point to play these in a deck you need to have non-opaque sleeves and some of the best ones on the market to us ultra pro it's who josh and i have trusted for a long time we use them all the time on game nights too and those decks get a lot of shuffling out of them and i use them to draft all that stuff they're a sponsor of the show finally Last way to support the content is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. We shout out one lucky patron every single episode. So this episode is dedicated to Cody, Cody Black. Cody, you rock. <laughs> I was going to say, Cody, you <laughs> Blatt. Uh, there's actually a commander today that kind of has a, a, a Blatt-esque name, Cody. So we're going to that...
2: we're gonna devote that to you, Cody. When we <laughs> that one's, yeah. We're going to be like devoted to Cody, this It'd this card nice. evaluation.
1: Nice. I love it. Okay. So this is part one of our legendary set review. There are so many new legendary cards and cards to review with every set now that we have to dedicate different episodes to each because there's so much to get into. So today we we're just covering the modal double-faced commanders. There are five deans of the Strixhaven colleges, so they're all two-color. And then there are also four of these extra double-faced legendaries that uh, you can have in your command zone. So before we get into it, let's talk about what is a modal double-faced command card so dj do you want to break down when we first saw these and what they look like
2: yeah in kaldheim we just got a bunch of them and we got them with legendary creatures on the front but oftentimes like they would even give us different stuff on the back which is really cool uh you don't always need to have a legendary on both sides to have it in the command zone so it's ah. kind of interesting to have like you know Valky on the front, but then you can still cast Tybalt, the Planeswalker, Mm. you know, on on the backside from your command zone, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't have the text this Planeswalker can be your commander because it's Valky in the command zone. Exactly. And then you also have Asika, the World Tree, which turns into a big old enchantment that's a five color deck on the other side. So it's a creature into enchantment, creature into planeswalker. Halvar is a creature into an artifact equipment. So they really push that boundary. and
2: Yeah. And the color identity is both sides. That's an important thing to know. So that a Sika deck is a five color deck.
1: Yeah. And of course, you can play either side from your command zone. So you kind of have a two for one there. In a lot of ways, people are comparing this to partner in a little bit. Because in this set, there are creatures on both sides on a lot of these. And that actually is really interesting. Because now you really do have a much more flexible choice.
2: Yeah. One thing that's important to note is that in Commander, they always say that the commander is kind of like the eighth card in your hand, right? Right. But with these double face cards, you kind of have like a ninth card in your hand too.
1: Yeah, it's somewhere you know, you between eight and nine. More. Yeah, because yeah. you have to when you choose one, and that's something we'll get into. It's kind of stuck on that until you it dies, or you find a way to bounce it back to your hand, or you can flicker it if it's on one side. So it really is this interesting, like extra addition. Um, so for me as a commander player, and I'm, I don't know about you, DJ, but I like this sort of stuff. This I think makes the game a lot more fun for new players. To come into being like, oh wow, I've that's so cool. And that's what got me into the game originally too is that exact emotion.
2: I like that there's sometimes they're situational that you can play one at one time in the game and Mm -hmm. one at another time in the game so I particularly gravitate towards some that have early plays on one side and maybe Uh, have like a late game value on the other side.
1: Yeah we'll be talking about one of them today as well on the show Uh, and a couple more things about the rules so if you cast it and it dies and you cast it again same commander attacks regardless of what side you cast it from Uh, and if it dies same thing on either side the same like if if you cast some of these as like some these are actually a sorcery uh, one of them is i know for sure and if you cast it as a sorcery two of them okay it goes, three of them are three of
2: them are. oh man three sorceries
1: Ooh. on the other side if you cast it it will go to the graveyard but then because it's a commander card you can choose to put it back in the command zone there and instead of going to your graveyard for
2: the sorcery side um, so there's a lot of intricacy here <laughs> yeah and then remember that your commanderness is tied to the physical card ah yes yeah so if you are trying to get commander damage in it's tied to the card and somehow if you were to like Animate the Halvar side like, of an artifact. Yeah, know, you can turn like the, the equipment
1: into a six six or whatever, like animate artifact type. Things. Yeah,
2: like your commanderness is tied to that card, and so that card would in fact do commander damage. It's just a flying sword. Just like chop, 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 chop,
1: <laughs> chop, chop. Um okay Bouncing these back to your hand is something that we could cover for every single one of these cards, right? So the idea of playing it on one side, hey, look, I want the other one, bounce it back to my hand, or get away to flicker it. Um, So cards that are really great for this, one that just got reprinted in Time Spiral Remastered is Crystal Shard.
2: Favorite of mine. I love Crystal Shard.
1: Yeah, that was like the first time I think when I played against it, I was like wait, I'm sorry, you're doing what to your own creatures?
2: That's insane. <laughs> it works both ways. Yeah, we could geek out nice. about like Crystal Shard for a while now, yeah. but uh, honestly, it is good to sometimes be like, well, my commander's kind of on the battlefield, not doing very much. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bounce it back and then redeploy it you know, without paying the commander tax because it's in your hand yeah. You know, to the other side and get value on both sides.
1: Yeah, maybe your deck is built to actually do that, so you'll have Erratic Portal, or Sabertooth is when we talk about. Um, if it's on the other side, you can also flicker it, and when it comes back to the battle, field it's going to be on its front facing side yeah um it's, same thing goes for like oh some of the other like there are some of those planes the flip planes walkers i think the same thing If you flicker it comes back as the creature mm-hmm. uh and then if the it's an instant or sorcery then you're going to use cards like Archaeomancer mnemonic wall to get it back to your hand maybe and recast it there um so there was an interesting thing i, I saw it on moto i saw i get abused but cascade used to be the really interesting way to cheat the more expensive side of the MDFC onto the battlefield.
2: Yeah. Cascade used to only care about the front side of the card. And then once it met that condition of being able to cast it, you could choose which side of the card you could cast. Right. Um, the um and <laughs> and Valky. <laughs> and Valky. Was, was the big one. Valky's or... <laughs> a two drop, and what's Tybalt, like seven? Seven <laughs> drop or something like that, yeah. <laughs> powerful Planeswalker.
1: So if you cascade something for three, what? it goes through your whole deck and you find the Valky, but you're like, you know what, I'm gonna cast the seven mana side. Do
2: you know what, it just felt unintuitive, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if you cascade, you should be able to just... just casts less mm-hmm. and they change the rules that way. So you can yeah. no longer sort of cheat the bigger side into play. Notice that if we're reviewing these as commanders, these are in your command zone. You can't cascade into things in your command zone, yeah. but these are also just double face cards that could fit into the 99 of your deck and so if you have some cascade stuff um, that rules change might be relevant to you
1: yeah and typically when we talk about these cards we talk about them as your commander because that's the most interesting lens to view it from for the first time i think a lot of these will fit right if it's like a plus one plus one counter commander yeah we'll give you some examples of where it fits into on the other side but don't be afraid in the comments let us know if we missed something because we like to look at things from one lens maybe the audience likes to see it from something else and we can always learn something from each other so Let's uh let's get into it with the deans from each college in Strixhaven.
2: Yeah, I really like that design of the deans being like one on one side and one from the other side, kind of managing yeah. their school. I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting, especially if you dive into. The, I, I can't wait to only refer to Boros as a lower hold, by the way, from that one because that's just I think the the colors it's that It's pretty it needs cool,
2: to right? Them. I like yeah. it a lot. I
1: like it too. Right. Sorry, Boros. You know I love equipment, but not as much as hard of value. All right, the first card up is Kian, Dean of Substance. They belong to Quandrix, which is the mathematics school. On the front side is two and a green for a 2-2 legendary creature elf druid. You can tap Kian to exile the top card of your library. If it's a land card, put it into your hand. Otherwise, put a study counter on it. So it goes to an exile zone and has a little counter on it that says studying this... And you can pay 4 and a green to create a zero, 0 green and blue fractal creature token. Put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on it for each different mana value among non-land cards you own in exile with steady counters on them. So if you use can twice, don't find the land, so they both go in the exile. You can pay 5, 4 and a green to make a 2-2 two, two, basically. Now, the backside... Man, there's a lot of There's reading. a lot of... Yeah, we're going to have a lot of reading here. <sighs> Sorry. I mean, books are great. Don't forget. Especially because uh is like math.
2: Math is better. <laughs> yeah, math is for blockers. Math is better.
1: <laughs> Imbraham, though, is reading a book. It's Imbraham, Dean of Theory. So, we have the Dean of Substance and Theory in Quandrix. Uh Imbraham is 2-blue-blue for a 3-3 with flyer, flying legendary creature bird wizard. For X-blue-blue, you can tap him and exile the top X cards of your library and then put a study counter on each of them. Then you may put a card you own in exile with a steady counter on it into your hand. So interesting there you can pay five as X and then you exile five cards and boom, five cards with steady counters. And that makes can much better. Unfortunately, it's kind of on the same card, though. So it's hard to play both sides.
2: Yeah. So the front the front card, you tap it and you can draw land. Right. Tap to draw land is Fine.
1: Yeah, it's pretty okay. It's pretty okay. It is a three mana card. If you have to play it on turn three and tap it the next turn, that's a lot for your commander. So it doesn't seem very efficient. It's a little clunky, as you wrote down here, and I think that's a good way of describing it. Yeah, clunky. Like like <laughs> like it's like a school with a little bit too much homework. It's like why did it take me so long to do this? I just want to pay less mana to draw cards.
2: And then the activated ability on this of like, what do you want to be activating it for for you to be happy?
1: Five minimum.
2: Yeah, you want five. Mana I want five, the five, five. Yeah, like, but I even don't then, want... in like commander, that's not like super exciting, right? So like, I mean, maybe if you exiled like seven or eight then you start getting big chunky boys yeah
1: like. but the problem is can can only do it once a turn cycle unless you have ways to untap can and then you're building your deck towards that so then the intuitive person i mean goes well then you want to play imbraham and then have him out on as a four drop and then pay like seven mana into this thing and then boom you exile five cards and then you can put a card into your hand so it's like drawing a card out of there And then you have to, what, flicker this to come back, bounce it back to your hand, and play it again,
2: then to do the four and a green to make a zero-zero? And then there are different mana values, too. So it's like, how many different cards along the scale like how many seven drops do you have oh. in your deck you know what I mean and yep. are you going to likely get a study counter on each of those and are you going to pull a study counter off of it like mm-hmm. you know to like get a card back and then suddenly it's not doesn't have a study counter to be able to get bigger
1: that's interesting yeah I didn't re- even remember realize that it says for each different mana value so if you exile 10 cards and they're all two drops this thing becomes <laughs> a one one when you make it on I mean, yeah side. you're right so I straight up think the thing you wrote is the most interesting which is you can actually tap imbraham for just blue blue you can have x be equal to zero. As long as you have a card that's a steady counter out there. Blue, blue, tap, draw any of the cards that Ibrahim has exiled in the past, or Kian if you somehow do it with her. that That's interesting. Because then you could exile this for a ton. You're in a big mana deck, you're green, blue. But you're never really playing this side, are you? Well, I mean, if can I mean
2: honestly, if you're looking at at this from a broken standpoint, which blue and green can get to, yeah? Uh, if you have infinite mana, you can do crazy things like True. you can make infinite one ones, or even if you have a bunch of tutus exiled, you could make infinite tutus with infinite mana, right? You know, on the um, can side, on the can yeah. side, on the the Ibrahim side, uh, you can. Basically, put Infinite Man into it, or a hundred, I guess, or whatever right. your deck is, and then you can exile your entire deck with study counters on it. Get back a Thassa's Oracle and win the game like that.
1: That's a good point, right? You only need to be able to do as much manage your deck, and then if you have the Thassa's Oracle combo. And actually, this gives you two blue uh, for the devotion for Thassa, too, when it, when it enters the battlefield. So there is a Thassa's Oracle. So that's interesting. I think that that would be the way to clearly win with this. You also have cards like Miss Hollow Griffin and Eternal Scourge. So anytime a card's in exile, those two cards will always come up as there are cards you can bring back from exile or somewhere or another.
2: Yeah. The, the thing is, though, is that if you're going really spiky, I'm going to win the game with infinite mana with this commander... They're better commanders already. Yeah. Thrasios? Yeah. Hi. I mean, Thrasios is literally in Simic. Like, if you want, like, the mono blue um, uh, Urza does this this as well, you know? So, I mean, it feels, like, clunky, and in the, the spiky way that you can abuse it doesn't even work as well as some of the stuff that we already have.
1: Yeah, so it's one of those cards where I think if you're going for flavor, definitely try and build around this. If you're going for a little bit more casual, this is definitely a, a casual Thrasios in a lot of ways.
2: Ooh, I like that. Casual Thrasios. I
1: mean, because Thrasios, again, it's it's a card that needs to get reprinted a bunch because it's so popular in competitive and other, you know, like, not other formats. It's just it's a popular
2: commander. It's a target on your head, though, and people know that, like, you're going to be doing broken stuff with Thas- uh, Thrasios. This yeah. could be a little bit better.
1: A little bit better in, in terms of not drawing that aggro and, you know, you could theme it around bird wizards if you want or elf druids those are (laughs) those are always options i think with these cards to keep in
2: mind so jimmy one thing that you mentioned is that these feel like they should be on the battlefield at the same time
1: yeah it would be nice to have both deans teaching me quandrix theory right
2: like, it feels like you tap one and then you tap the other. Like, they really work well together, which means I think that in a 60-card format where you have multiple ones of these, oh, you know, yeah. you just, like, play one and you're like, oh, I have the other one. You play the other one.
1: Yeah. This does seem like these ones, at least. Not We're going to be talking about the other ones, uh, the mythic ones, in a second here. At yes, the second the
2: deans. The deans, I mean, naturally, they work well together. They're deans. True. They're Good synergistic.
1: Point. Yeah. So I think that is sort of, like, the ultimate... Uh, thing to think about all of these first Dean cards is that they're really good in conjunction with the other half. So if you're going to be playing towards that then you need to build around that in your commander deck, which means you're losing five to six to seven slots to kind of make that going, unless you're already about flickering and bouncing and doing all that stuff in the first place. So I think it's interesting because it, you can't have both at the same time for the most part, unless you do some shenanigans with like Sakashimas yeah, or-
2: Yeah, let's copy it, cl- clicker it. Yeah, like stuff like, that. Stuff
1: like yeah. that, right? It's a lot of work. So I would say, let's let's always think about where these can fit in the 99. And I do like the idea that it's a, it's a fun tribal card. And just the X blue blue tap- and draw out of those because you can repeat it in the next turn for blue blue this is the kind of card where i think people don't necessarily kill it on site they're Mm. gonna let you activate it at least once um and when they do and you bring a lot of stuff out at that point maybe you have the ability to grab a counter from the cards that you grabbed and you can protect it whatever it is you know you can get a heroic intervention because you're in green too so i think imraham is is interesting value that might slip under the radar
2: yeah i agree
1: Okay, let's All move right. on to the next.
2: Uh, the next one is one of our favorite names of the set. It's <laughs> <Nah>. Plarg. Plarg. <laughs> Dean of Chaos. Fitting. <laughs> one in a red for a 2-2 legendary or orc shaman. You can tap discard a card, draw a card. Absolutely. Oh, or rummaging. sorry, rummaging, sorry. Uh, four in a red, tap reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a non-legendary, non-land card with mana value three or less. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost, Put all revealed cards not cast this way on the bottom of your library in a random order. Okay. The other side of this card is Augusta, Dean of Order. Order and chaos in Lorehole. Yeah, I like it. Two and a white for a 1-3 legendary human cleric. Other tapped creatures you control get plus 1, plus 0. Hmm. Other untapped creatures you control get plus 0, plus 1. Whenever you attack, untap each creature you control. Then tap any number of creatures you control. Okay, wow. Lots of text. There's just so much. Like, you feel like you got to take it one thing at a time. It feels like we're reviewing yeah, two cards. <laughs> yeah, we are. And then, like, not talking about it. So, Clarg. Yeah. Clarg. Um, two mana, two, two. Just a bear that comes down early. Mm-hmm. I like it when when commanders can come down early and start doing stuff. Yep. And rummaging is fine.
1: Yeah, it's red card draw or red white card draw in this case. Oh, right, sorry, card selection, not necessarily card draw. Um, red's not going to get the luxury, and red and white not going to get the luxury of seeing the card and then discarding. You gotta discard a card first. But lots of red cards are like that in terms of the you know uh, cathartic reunion type effects, where you discard cards to draw some more. Uh, I think this foreigner red is interesting. This basically says five mana, same as by the way, can in terms of that activated ability, but tapping it. And you reveal until you get a non-legendary, non-land with mana value three or less. Lots of really powerful cards in red and white if you want to build around this. You have yeah. Teferi's Protection that you could potentially cast off of this, which is pretty good. Um, or you It could, just
2: feels like, but like you don't always want a Teferi's Protection. You know what I mean? No, of course not. Like, unless you're planning for it, right? Like sometimes you're like, I mean, I it'll be really fun one of those days when you're out there <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I need a Teferi's Protection and you tap it and you just go and try to get it. I'm going to build my deck amazing. so
1: that's the only three drop in there. <laughs>
2: and by the way, people do stuff like that, like yeah. where they try to build their decks around it, but I don't think you can build your deck really around it like this because it costs so much mana like you are you're cheating you're not cheating mana by activating this ability you're always paying five Uh, for for a a three drop
1: yeah and it's the a random one off the top of your deck unless you have a way to get something up there and red white you're kind of limited in those ways you don't really have that ability you got a little bit of scry maybe you got some if you you know have a a scroll rack or something but yeah i don't love it
2: yeah but even if you have a scroll rack sometimes it's like i don't know i just don't want to pay five for my three drop or right? my soul ring
1: like it's like hey i have this like three drop in my hand okay i'm gonna pay one for the scroll rack put it on top of my library, then pay five for my commander so i paid six to cast <laughs> this three drop you know what i i forget it plarg is a little over on the front side let's look up at the back which i think is much more interesting augusta dean of order yeah, um i
2: like this weird vigil- vigilance that it has going on it's yeah, a little right? bit funny because it's like attack and then you can untap them all and then you can choose which ones to tap or not
1: tap again right because if they're tapped they get plus one plus zero. if they're untapped they get plus, zero, plus one now it says whenever you attack uh there i'm a little curious about the wording here because it's similar to like do this thing then shuffle which is another shorthand thing they've been doing on magic cards instead of shuffle your library i'm assuming it says whenever you attack it means whenever you attack with one or more creatures yeah they're just not putting that text on there um so that but the interesting thing you can tap any number of creatures you control so you can go to combat swing with a one one or whatever and then say like okay I'm Want to tap my entire board of creatures if you want the <laughs> whole to.
2: board untaps and then you know you can choose to tap whatever you want again
1: right so you can get some sort of value from tapping it untapping it um, it's interesting I think people have talked about Magda because the dwarves and stuff will create treasures. It can attack, untap, then tap again. So that's like two activations on there. Glory bringer and cards with exert, like combat celebrant, which gives you extra combats.
2: Yeah, I think that combat celebrant is one of the only ones that are like, really have a powerful commandery effect. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise exert, it's like glory bringers, Fine, but a lot of times it doesn't kill stuff that we really want to. True. You know? uh, it, Same thing with inspired. That's oh right thing too. But inspired as a mechanic, there just isn't enough. It's there's not enough depth when it comes to commander and powerful effects.
1: Yeah, I'm all about using Kiki Jiki with this card because that means you can activate Kiki, attack. Untap Kiki activated again. <laughs> you don't even need to swing your 2 2 Kiki into combat to use it. T- it's tapped, and so the ability of Augusta helps untap it. You can use it a bunch. Um, a dark Darkar Valkyrie is also a card that you want to untap and tap to give creatures the sort of protection from dying. And then a lot of people mentioned online, could this be a deck that works with Zerda the Dawn Waker, which requires all of your creatures to have and permanents to have activated abilities?
2: People like those sort of deck building restrictions. And it's a fun one to have, especially when you have those tapping and untapping stuff because you can have an entire team of every creature does something they don't necessarily attack very well at the time but they all do stuff right and so you know you attack with a silly thopter or whatever and then you're just like tap untap i'm gonna do this tap 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 untap this and it could be a really fun deck
1: yeah i could see a lot of combos and just sort of like build your own engine each time you have to find a lot of pingers and things in white that get protection or whatever it is but Mm -hmm. it could be really fun and kind of hard to deal with too Um, so i like that it gives you value in the combat step which is a lot better than just the boros attack and you get some benefit from attacking mm-hmm. right this is like hey we're gonna let all of your creatures untap and then t- you can tap them if you get want again
2: and it could be it can still even be pretty aggressive because it's a three drop that comes down gives your team pseudo vigilance but also mm-hmm. just pumps their power so swing in and attack really well yeah
1: a lot to do there uh interesting stuff okay let's move on to the next one it is shale dean of radiance this is the Silver Quill Commander. So one and a white for a 1 1 legendary creature, bird, cleric on the front side with flying and vigilance. This is like the card that you're never supposed to draft, by the way, the 1 1 with flying and vigilance. However, it does have an activated ability. <laughs> Tap it, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on each creature that entered the battlefield under your control this turn.
2: By the way, I'm going to draft this card.
1: <laughs> yeah, this actually, that part of it seems sweet. Play this on turn two. Next turn, you play a three drop. Tap this, give it a plus 1 plus 1 counter. Wow. And you can also attack because it has Vigilance. Okay. Uh, on the back side, it's Embrose, Dean of Shadow. Two black, black for a 4-4 four, four legendary creature, Human Warlock. This one's interesting. You can tap it to put a plus one, plus one counter on another target creature. And then Embrose deals two damage to that creature. And then the second line of text, a static ability. Whenever a creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it dies, draw a card interesting okay i really
2: like the flavor here i like the dean in the back like the black dean the dean of shadow where it's like i'm gonna teach you a lesson and so you get the post one post one counter but it's also like back I'm teach yeah you the he's casting the way some that magic I
1: does yeah yeah the, the quill pokes you and then if you die you draw a card which
2: is actually kind of nice Um, that's clearly the side that I think is by far the more powerful because being able to just do your own plus one, plus one counter synergies and then draw cards as you trade off or as your opponent's Mm -hmm. board wipe is great. Um, because plus one, plus one counter synergies usually, uh, need you to commit some creatures to the battlefield and you don't want to overextend. But if you have insurance policies that can draw you back up into more cards, then you can have a presence on the board, put plus one, plus one counters on it, invest your resources and still be okay.
1: Yeah, and uh, Shale is interesting because it's creatures that enter the battlefield this turn, so it can't just be like Machaes the Lunarch, which lets you do it on all the creatures except for Machaes.
2: Yeah, I don't really like the, the this turn.
1: Yeah, you, you'd have much. to find a way to pump out a bunch of tokens. This works great with Elspeth's Sun's champion, obviously, but, you know, ways to put like two or three things, you know, lingering souls type effects. I don't love it. Uh, the backside is much more interesting because of that static ability. If you have a way to get a lot of plus one plus one counters on people, uh, people are saying that this is Ambrose Dean of Skullclamp. <laughs> which i thought was funny you just <laughs> which, wrote bad way, let's skull you, clamp lets you know
2: yeah i wrote bad skull clamp because it lets you know how good skull clamp is skull yeah. clamp is two cards
1: yeah so Embros, however can kill other things right if it's got a uh if it's a one one <laughs> embrose yeah. can tap to put a counter on it, it becomes a two two and then it deals two damage to that creature you're not going to draw the card left, but you it is kind of a
2: pseudo thing removal for one toughness creatures yeah i mean i could see yeah
1: yeah i'm just i cried because i was like if Embrose was a card that you could be legal in marchesa because she wants to put plus and plus counters on creatures and they want them to die so they can come back it would be amazing but it's got this other side that is this color i don't even know what color it is honestly i'm so confused i don't even know if it's playing so commander sorry, Jimmy. Are you
2: okay <laughs> thanks no i'm not
1: You're gonna be okay i'm not <laughs> uh you put in one of my favorite cards in kiki jiki which is thornbite staff
2: uh it's just a powerful card honestly it does broken stuff
1: yeah you're going to be able to kill a ton of stuff it has that infinite potential thing going for it obviously
2: Thornbright staff has that that text on it that basically when things die you can untap the equipped creature and when you're untapping the equipped creature with good tap abilities you can do some zany things
1: yeah uh, very good call uh and then you know there are cards and creatures in decks that will want to play this like Tyam luminous enigma which loves having counters on stuff but case the lunar again would be good in here uh, persist strategies that was interesting because putting plus one plus plus on counters let's say you have cauldron of souls you have a way to kill a bunch of creatures to a sack outlet they all die they come back to the battlefield with it minus one minus one counter you shale tap it boom that persist counter goes away i like that uh, and then Twilight Shepherds also really good in this deck. Just look it up. It's great. Basri Lieutenant also does something similar. A lot of plus one, plus one synergies. Uh, I think, like, the, the plus one, plus one synergy camp is huge. There's Tons it's really of directions. Deep.
2: It goes in a bunch of different colors. I really all... If you ever want to make a plus one, plus one counter deck, at this point in time, you just pick your favorite colors, and you <laughs> and just go. And you'll find
1: something, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You'll find partner commanders. You'll find something somewhere that will work for you. Okay. Let's move on to the fourth Dean, the one in Prismari.
2: Yes. We have uvilda dean of perfection two and a blue for a two two legendary djinn wizard tap you may exile an instant or sorcery card from your hand Hmm. and put three hone counters on it it gains at the beginning of your upkeep if that card is exiled remove a hone counter from it and when the last hone counter is removed from it this card if it's exiled you may cast it it costs four less to cast this way.
1: Hold up. I thought it was going to cast it for free. I did too. I was so excited. I had so much text and I was like, oh, it's like Joyra. It's like, it's not like Joyra. It just makes
2: it's it not more. okay. It just all right. makes it cost okay. What's less? the other We'll story. talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then we have Nasari, Dean of Expression. Three red red for a 4-4 four, four Legendary Efreet Shaman. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of each opponent's library. Until end of turn, you may cast spells from among those exiled cards. And you may spend mana, as though it were mana of any color, to cast those spells. Whenever you cast a spell from exile, put a plus one plus one counter on Nasri, Dean of Exp- Expression.
1: Okay, uh, I like that backside a lot more, because it I mean, reminds me of Stolen Strategy. I love a Stolen very good Strategy, card, yeah. it's
2: a great card. Um, the front side... That's the one that we're a little bit
1: iffy on. on. Now four mana reduction. True. I like it. I'm down for that, but only instance and in sorceries. And it's at the beginning of your upkeep. If this card is exiled, you remove a hone counter from it. So it takes three upkeeps to get three hone counters off it.
2: Yeah. Eesh. And then it only reduces it by four.
1: And everyone's looking at the card knowing it's coming. You can play clock spinning and other effects to get rid of counters similar to Joyra. but Joyra is just better in this regard.
2: Yeah, it really is. Che- Joyric cheats everything. Um, people have called it super Fortell, but one thing <laughs> about Fortel though, is that it's face down. It's a secret thing and uh, this is right. face up you know so i could imagine this being like okay let's just like put a bunch of stuff down and then it's going to be cheaper later on but this is face up you can see it coming
1: um yeah another
2: thing is that uh this works with x spells and joyra doesn't oh right
1: because when joyra cast it out of exile as an x spell then it, you can't write it's just
2: x is zero right. and with this one it's reduced by four so you can actually cast a fireball okay so that that's making me a little more interested um
1: because i you know we all know what the effect is of having like a uh uh, never knows disc on the board, right? Everyone knows it's going to happen. So they play around it or they don't play stuff or they attack you. This seems a little more interesting because y- you can play this and have a big fireball sitting out there and people go like, well, I don't want to play creatures that die to it. Maybe I need to make a deal so that it doesn't target me. Cause I want to get this down. Um, but again, having everyone see it for so long feels kind of bad.
2: I know. I mean, would you play the front side or would you just play stolen strategy?
1: I think I would play stolen strategy. I, Commander
2: <laughs> stolen strategy. Commander is awesome. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, you mentioned as well uh, that the effect of playing spells from exile can grow your creature a little bit. Uh, Things like this could work well with uh, Paco Paco. and
1: Haldin. Yeah, Yeah,
2: for sure. But also, do you know what people in general are geeking out about a lot with this is it's the creature types. It's the Djinn and Efreet and the art like, that's what people are like really excited oh, about oh that's cool. yeah that people are like, oh, I mean I man, think this s- art
1: is pretty cool for the sure art is
2: the art is amazing. I like it a lot, but they're they're like, oh gins and nephretes like they're gonna be more in magic because they've they've been mentioned uh, but they haven't been around for a while okay
1: moving onwards let's talk about Valentin Dean of the vein slash reset Dean of the root this is uh the Bloom Haven commander so valentin dean of the vein one black mana for a one one legendary creature vampire warlock has menace and lifelink pretty nice and then if a non-token creature an opponent controls would die exile it instead when you do you may pay two mana if you do create a one one black and green pest creature token with when this creature died you gain one life okay interesting and the back is lisette dean of the root two green green for a four four legendary creature human druid Whenever you gain life, you may pay one mana. If you do, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control, and those creatures gain trample until end of turn. Hmm. Wow. So each creature, whenever you're gaining life, they gain trample, they get plus one plus one counter, so it's a permanent stat boost. Pretty nice. There's front side too, though. Wow, graveyard hate, right? This first line of text, if a non-token creature in the opponent controls to die, exile it instead. Jeez. That's
2: that's worthwhile. It's good to have in your command zone. You need to interrupt your opponent's graveyards in some way. Uh, and so having this in your command zone and being able to say like look i need to mess with the graveyard bam i can cast it anytime i want it's great
1: yeah and it's one black mana so this comes out as early as turn one you can stop a lot of shenanigans uh it's interesting because you know i play an Fenza deck which is uh, Abzan, so it has white in it and that card is very similar exile effect in its in, in its claws and i'm always surprised how much it does in a game because there's so many times when i play it and people go oh well there goes my deck <laughs>
2: It, it's it's surprisingly good like, yeah. and I think that you guys need to play with graveyard hate a little bit more and then recognize when it works out because it is amazing yeah um, but you know what this lo- the backside kind of puts into perspective the plus one plus one counters how some synergies can just put way more plus one plus one counters on it whenever right. you need to compared to shale give a trample yeah, yeah for sure
1: I mean, this one, it needs a lot of uh, building around. But if you just want to play a green-black deck with life gain and you're always playing Lee Set, then you're maybe doing a ton of tokens. You're playing ways to get those tokens out there and, like, paying one to get plus and plus each creature you control. And then they gain Trample.
2: I like that they gain Trample because a lot of the times when you're going wide, um, sometimes you need some way to get a little bit more damage through. Mm -hmm. You're building up those plus and plus encounters. And so giving a Trample sounds nice. I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, I think what you need to do is play an Infect deck with a ton of life gain. Oh, Jimmy. So that's hard to kill. Kill the infect player, and then you playlist set, and then you gain a bunch of life, pay one to give all your infect creatures plus and plus encounters, and trample. I mean, you're
2: gonna kill people. Why are you giving people these ideas? I know Craig might be listening, or editing <laughs> this video. Okay. Uh... Uh, it's actually really close to a card that we know, Archangel of Thune. Right. Uh, and we know that that does have some combos in it, um, so Spike Feeder plays really well with this. Ah, uh, right. Um, this does have an activated... Um, this does require mana to activate. And so it makes it a little bit clunkier you know that's kind of a word that we've been using a lot. Yep. But if you have a card like Crystalline Crawler that generates mana with plus one plus one counters, oh, you can go infinite.
1: Yay! So you're just constantly gaining life, and you're doing that with the Spike Feeder, and then you're going, blah 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 blah. All right, cool. <laughs> spike Feeder, infinite. <laughs> two words or two a combination of words we've heard before. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that those are the deans of the colleges of Strixhaven, but we do have four more legendary creatures, and these are pretty powerful. So really excited to look into those after we come back from this quick mineral break.
0: in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's dot com.
1: Okay. This first one is dedicated to our patron of the episode uh, with the last name Blatt, because it is Blacks vexing pest slash search for Blacks on the backside. Its front side is two in a green for a legendary creature, Pest. That's a 3-2. Other Pests, Bats, Insects, Snakes, and Spiders you control get plus one, plus one. And then when Black's Vexing Pest, say that five times fast, it dies, you gain four life. That That's like kind of like a meh <laughs> at the end of it uh and then uh, on the back side two black black sorcery search for blacks to find him look at the top five cards of your library you may put any number of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard you lose three life for each card you put into your hand this way wow so you could draw five
2: for four mana and 15 life <laughs>
1: well you're searching for blacks so ideally you're only losing three life because that's all you're looking for blacks uh this definitely seems like it's built for constructed in that way right
2: i i love the creature types on this honestly yeah if you look at it it's uh pests bats insects uh, snakes and spiders like this just feels like a really cool commander that could uh pump up those lesser known tribes
1: yeah, or you just play the Oops All Tribes deck with like Morphon or whatever, and Blex just is a lord for plus one plus one that can draw you some cards sometimes. I, I like that. Yeah, I, I like thought a lot. I'm looking forward to building that deck because there's just so many tribes out there at this point. The tribal support is through the roof. Um, so there's only pests in this set apparently, right? Yeah, not, it's a not new two- it's a
2: new mechanic, but there are some pest synergies. I don't know if there's enough yet to build an entire pest deck. But you'll notice, like, random pests here and there, and you can have some synergy. Yeah, and you're searching
1: for them, too. Uh, the insects, however, Mazarek Kral, Death Priest, that's a, a commander that Josh failed to build a long time ago. Famously, he always talks about it. Um, Scoot Swarm is an insect. Man, I've died to that a few times.
2: Yeah, Saber Ants creates more insects when it hits people. There's actually a surprising number of insects and existing insect archetypes. Oh, okay. Um, and then snakes, there is no
1: blue and no good Sultai commander. The closest I was thinking was like Cassetto Orochi Archmage, but that, that was a, a yeah, prospect. special. Simic
2: and there's, so there's a lot of blue snakes out there that are really good, and so, and this is in Golgari, oh, and so rough. you're missing out on a lot of your snake fun.
1: Yep. Uh, bats, how many are those? How many of those do we have in Magic's history? 20. Eh. okay. Well, spiders though, there's got to be a lot of spiders out there, right? There
2: are a lot of spiders. Okay. You know? so I could see this going in like an Ishkana deck. Um, you oh, know, okay. going in there being a little bit of an anthem to your to your spider st- strategy. I like that.
1: Yeah, and maybe you are in the deck that does not mind playing four mana to draw fifteen or five cards and fifteen life. Maybe you can do that. Um, you could
2: just, by the way, just have this be a four mana mill five if you really want to get stuff into your graveyard oh interesting
1: okay then the friend side really does nothing for you right uh
2: yeah, yeah. uh that four mana mill five is not a good rate i mean if you want to get specific things in your graveyard buried alive in mm-hmm. tomb are cheaper and more efficient
0: yeah way uh, more efficient
2: grizzly salvage gets five into your graveyard for two mana okay. actually i've been a really big fan of winding way one one in a green uh and you get to put four cards in your graveyard but you get to choose creature lands Oh. and you get either creatures or lands so if you need lands you just go four deep and you take you know one or two lands if you are looking for creatures then you get your creatures back
1: wow you know what i need to add this card to one of the cards i talk about later because i didn't know this existed that's great yeah okay i love that that's all great. right not too much else to say about Blex, so let's talk about no no no, no. oh wait, i got one more thing <gasps> okay. i got
2: one more thing okay okay, okay. uh with villas broker of blood oh <laughs> <laughs> where where, uh, Vilas, uh, <laughs> where uh, whenever you lose life you draw uh, that many cards okay, with okay. this well blacks you could draw 20 cards
1: wow four mana you have to play villas in the black stack yes. you can't go the other way around yeah but...
2: villas villas and in the black stack you search for blacks and then you draw 20 cards
1: cool and you lose 15 you, you life you lose but, but villas sh- is fine with that life. he'll figure you know <laughs> if you're playing that deck you got some life games there uh Okay, let's talk about the next one. It is a Boros legendary ca- or mythic card from the set. Uh, it, it's a return of also a planeswalker that we have met just recently. Yeah. So the front side, want to go for it?
2: Yeah, it's... Mila, crafty companion, one white white for a two, three legendary creature, Fox.
1: Oh, so cute.
2: Whenever an opponent attacks one or more Planeswalkers you control, put a loyalty counter on each Planeswalker you control. Whenever a permanent you control becomes target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. Oh, okay. Okay. On the backside, it's Luca, Wayward Bonder. It's back. Four red red for five loyalty Planeswalker Luca. Plus one, you may discard a card. If you do draw a card, if a creature card was discarded this way, draw two cards instead. Hmm. Minus two. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste, exile at the beginning of the next upkeep. Okay. Oh, wait, at the next upkeep? Yes, upkeep, keep, <laughs> which is different because, by the way, we I almost said end step just because It's out of habit, a right? Out <laughs> of habit, but it's at the next upkeep. Okay. Um, minus seven. You get an emblem with whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals damage equal to its power to any target.
1: Okay. So, a lot to talk about here. Let's start with Mila, Crafty Companion, which is a cute little three-mana fox. So, I think, you know, this is interesting. We haven't seen this before. When an opponent attacks one or more Planeswalkers you control. You put a loyalty counter on each Planeswalker you control. So, the Super Friends decks are happy because, boom, all of a sudden you're gaining loyalty when they get attacked. If you can block, then that that's great. You can yeah. to ulti faster. Like,
2: if you have it makes it really hard for your opponents to take out your Planeswalkers in anything but an Alpha Strike. Right. If they're trying to like, okay, well, I'll just send three creatures this way and take out this one's Planeswalker while well, you've grown your other planeswalkers in the meantime, it can right. be pretty difficult. And, uh, let's not like diminish the second ability. Whenever a permanent you control becomes target of a speller ability and of an opponent's control, draw a card.
1: Yeah. You and know. if you're playing a planeswalker deck, that's a high target for removal. Mm-hmm. Even Mila, Amila, is a high target for removal too. So that's just value there. It's kind of like the Leovold thing, right?
2: Absolutely. And so we've seen this kind of with like the with eyes wide open. Uh-huh. That's an existing fan favorite. It's a mono white, uh, Planeswalker deck, but it it does do something really similar where it it reduces the damage done to Planeswalkers, Mm -hmm. but adding a loyalty, Mila's ability is just better. Yeah. You know because yeah, it yeah, just yeah. basically pumps all your planeswalkers up if you get attacked yeah do you think politically you would attack me just so that i can pump up my planeswalkers
1: oh man it depends on what you're gonna do with it because if it's like i I'm mean gonna... you can see
2: my point pl- i just got a bunch of elspeths a few johnnies you want to attack me
1: jeez no probably not i would, God, I would attack you the person maybe kill the player not the planeswalker as uh i once famously said on this episode of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's interesting i think you want to play maybe cards that help create you know, force combat. And there's like Master Warcraft, mm. there's Goad abilities. And so if you're making people attack in and you have really good blockers, that could be really interesting too.
2: Well, those uh, forcing combat works really well in Planeswalker decks anyway. like Goad has them sending your creatures at other players. Right, and then, right, then right. you can just like say, okay, I basically time walked you know, combat so I can just keep ticking up my Planeswalkers yeah. over and over again. If you swing at me,
1: if you're not good and you're trying to swing at me, I gain loyalty. Otherwise, I'm going to play the Goads and the Master of Warcrafts to, to decide combat my way. Sorry. So
2: you're really looking for critical mass of Planeswalkers to highlight this ability, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then we flip over to Luca, and you kind of want a critical mass of creatures so that you can draw two cards as you discard them.
1: Hmm. Doesn't seem like we're building towards a theme here. It seems like both of them kind of pull you in different directions then, huh?
2: And Luca's big, like, minus two pulls a creature back from the graveyard. Yeah, that's actually
1: pretty powerful, right? You can place... It's six mana through the breach type effect Um, in terms of, like, putting something from your graveyard onto the battlefield. You can't do the Eldrazi because it'll shuffle away. Mm-hmm. But it is a strong thing, and red is... We're seeing is be able to do this bit, you know, with sneak attack and then the new perforos. And now Luca doing a similar effect here. as yeah,
2: well. Yeah. But all, a lot of them that we've mentioned, like sneak attack, the new perforos through the breach, it's all your hand. Yes. You know, so it's like a sneakier way. And actually, this is, this Luka is pretty interesting because we haven't seen as much of this in red, maybe a little bit in like Duretti type effects. Yeah. A little bit. Um, But for the most part, it feels black, like, you know. uh, Bringing something back, yeah. Whip of Erebos kind of thing, or Mm. uh, Chain or Nightmare Adept. To be able to pull a creature back from the graveyard and attack with it. Yeah,
1: exiling at the beginning of your next upkeep is really interesting because that means that, boom, let's say you pull a creature out with Vigilance on your turn. It comes on the battlefield, it attacks, it stays there through the whole turn cycle before it gets back to your upkeep. I think and it just gives exa- you
2: more options to to do like cheaty type things, which is fun.
1: Yeah. And you, you keep the creature around for longer, so it can be an aggressive thing, or it can just be six mana to get something back that's important onto the battlefield. Um, but I think it's six mana is a lot. So
2: I, Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is a lot for that effect.
1: Yeah. Uh, six mana as well in in red and white you can play a sun titan you can play elspeth sun's champion there's a lot of really big powerful spells at that level by the time you get there for red and white
2: but then when your sun Titan dies, you can get it back. you get the ah. you get the enter the battlefield, trigger, bring something back. then you get to attack, yes, bring something back, and it has vigilance so it can block the whole next turn.
1: And finally, of course, you can minus two Luca on the same creature twice if you find a way to sacrifice the creature before it gets exiled because it doesn't have the claws if this creature would die exiled instead. So you can play Luca, get the sun Titan back, get another thing back attack with it, has Vigilance, takes around before your next upkeep, sacrifice it, then use Luka again to bring it back, so he goes from five to three to one loyalty.
2: Yeah, I think that's going to be the key, is to prevent your creatures from being exiled so you can keep this engine going. Mm-hmm. Uh, cards like uh, Ilharg and Oketra, oh. um, it doesn't matter if you exile them, because they actually get shuffled back into your library three cards down, and drawing a creature is pretty good, because Luka's plus ability lets you discard it to draw two cards.
1: Oh, that's right. So you want to plus one Luka, discard the creature, draw two cards, and then maybe on the second activation you minus two it then
2: yeah um but i gotta say my favorite thing to do with luca is to cheat uh Brasella, voice of nightmares
1: bricella oh my goodness i've only ever gotten into play once and it lived for all of a turn before someone was like i'm so sorry it's so cool exile it <laughs> i was like
2: no <laughs> why did i build this deck oh they exi- I the same thing happened to me and they're like utter ended it and i'm like why didn't you upgrade to like <laughs> because it, it, it messes with cards cmc3 or less right? yeah, yeah 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 yeah. and they but they had other other end and i'm like why <laughs> didn't you get a d spark or something like that
1: yeah ah. well that's a bummer but yeah that's that's pretty hilarious to get something crazy like that out um but yeah it's it's an interesting effect it's not that powerful i think again if you're in the planeswalker deck i really like the mila side if I do
2: like the mila side if you're in a planeswalker deck yeah, yeah and and even
1: just that second ability might be enough to play mila just whenever a permanent you control, right? If you have a lot of high value creatures in the the equipment deck, let's say, because they're going to be targets of stuff, Mila's going to get you a little extra value when those things get targeted. But you're Boros, so maybe people are looking away from you. We'll see
2: sometimes sometimes in a deck you know you're playing mila for the front side and like you really want to get that protection protect mm-hmm. your planeswalkers but then you're like all right uh, i need action i play luca and then you just change in a stupid like small creature for two more cards and that's fine
1: right or you know you do have creatures in those planeswalker decks there are good ones that you play in those decks and then you play luca later on to get that back because your planeswalkers are out you don't need the mila part of it anymore
2: so I can see some flexibility.
1: Yeah. Okay. Next up is Extus. Orik. Oh,
2: let me, let me do Extus because okay. you, you're going to. Oh, that's yeah, so how I'll do the last one. Yeah. You're going to do okay. the last cool, cool, one. Cool. 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 Jimmy's excited say? about that. He's super excited about the last one. I am. Okay. Pretty cool. So Extus. Oric. Overlord. Oric. Oric overlord.
1: I don't know. It doesn't even look like he has a mouth or it has a mouth. It's, it's an interesting looking creature.
2: I would be intimidated if this was my professor. Yeah. Especially if it's pointing at you like this. Oh my gosh. It's like, what's the I don't think
1: he is a teacher or they're a teacher. Actually. Fortunately, I
2: I actually think this is like a big story point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It has to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. uh, It's
1: actually Tybalt all along. That's the secret. (laughs) Damn you Tybalt. Everyone's
2: Tybalt. (laughs) Uh, One white black black for a two, four legendary human warlock with double strike. Hmm. Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, return target non-legendary creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Hmm. Okay. Okay. On the back, it's not a creature. It's actually a sorcery. <sighs> so we have a legendary creature on the front, and then you can play a sorcery on the back.
1: The legend creature is actually on the back of the card, notably. It's just much smaller than the creature it's awakening here.
2: <laughs> okay. It's called Awaken the Blood Avatar. Six black, red, uh, for a sorcery, as an additional cost to cast the spell, you may sacrifice any number of creatures. The spell costs two less to cast for each creature sacrifice this way. Mm, okay. Each opponent sacrifices a creature, create a three, six black and red avatar creature token with haste and quote, whenever this creature attacks, it deals three damage to each opponent.
1: Okay. I don't care about that backside at all. You don't care about
2: the backside? I love I mean, the
1: backside. I'm glad that they finally put Josh Lee Kwai on a card, you ah. know, but... <laughs> I mean, look at those arms. Um, it's interesting, right? Each opponent sacrificing a creature, but it's six black and red. You have to sacrifice three creatures to make this a black-red total cost. Um, I do like that it has this creature attacks. It deals three damage to each opponent. That seems like it definitely could make a lot of people lose life quickly.
2: So this is another card that... Uh... I think works really well if you have both of them on the battlefield, honestly. Yeah. Because this Magecraft ability of being able to raise dead over and over again, that's a pretty powerful effect. It's not a it's not like a huge like effect, like draw a card, right. you know, but it is it is worth it.
1: You know? Yeah, and it's cool though. If you do have both out, you play Extus, You pl- you sacrifice creatures to play the sorcery side, and then when you cast it, you get to bring one of those creatures back to your hand. Um, but it seems like a lot because eight mana again to reduce it. You have to uh, Exodus. I like a lot though. Just cast. It's Mardu, right? So you're just casting. Instance or sorceries in general, if you have ways to sacrifice creatures, put them in the graveyard, then amazing. Check it out. You're going to return them to your hand. You do have to cast them against not straight to the battlefield, but it is pretty easy to get this triggered, I think.
2: I actually like the Awaken the Blood avatar-like side. Uh, How often do you have just tokens? You know what I mean? Ranks. In your red, in your, your, Mardu, red, de- your Mardu deck. Mardu you know what I mean? Yeah, your yeah, Mardu yeah. aristocrats, your Mardu tokens deck. A mm-hmm. lot of times you want them to die. You have, um, you It'll know, drain people
1: life. Exactly. All
2: that you have blood arts on the battlefield. You have all this stuff on the, on the battlefield. And so in your command zone, you have a sacrifice outlet and you can sacrifice almost as much as you want because well, that's a good point you can pay the command attacks with this with this too as well so this uh, is not like 10 mana next turn you can still just sacrifice you know four creatures next turn and still have it be black red okay so I can envision <laughs> I can envision you going pretty wide and then sacrificing a bunch of stuff uh, and then blood artisting people out and then you're also making them sacrifice and then you have these two or three hasty three sixes that attack and then deal drain the whole table for nine
1: yeah it's a good point when one of these horror attack or these avatars attack it does drain nine life around the table with three players mm-hmm. and so if you're able to have some sort of thing where maybe you can even cast this multiple times a turn let's say you have uh, seven seven tokens out you sacrifice three of them this costs black and red you cast it and make a three six you sacrifice the next four to cast it again for black and a red so it's four man told to make two three sixes that swing that same turn and do 18 total damage that's a bit of a dreamland. You're, you're having a lot of tokens out. Hopefully, you're actually using those tokens for something and not well, just sacrificing if them If you're just
2: sacrificing them for a 3-6, I don't think that's worth it. Yeah, you Like, if have, you have three real cards, like, on the battlefield, and you're just trying to get a 3-6 out, n- eh. no. No, not But if not you got
1: a Blood Artist, some Goblin Tokens, yes. a Zulaport
2: Cutthroat... Yes, that's the way you do it. Then you're cooking with fire, do you That is the way you do it. Okay. And do you know what else? A lot of the times, these decks, they, they run out of steam you know Mm. you do your thing you sacrifice your whole board and someone lives or someone interrupts your combo and you're like okay well i have to put everything together again you have the front side of this commander to help you rebuild because Uh all the creatures that happened like you know you could just get them all back again with this spell um okay so
1: you're playing an aristocrat deck knowing people are going to target your blood artists and then when they all die then exodus comes out you cast a couple instant sorceries or you copy something and boom yep nice Uh, dual caster mage you wrote down here i think it's a great card in this deck because you get to do it in instant speed you can copy someone else's spell and you get the trigger off of excess when you do that
2: yeah i think that this like a lot of the other cards in here pulls you in two different directions a little bit like magecraft wants you to have those spells but this also wants you to have those creatures you know Mm. same way like mila wants you to have planeswalkers and creatures together you know right so with this you do kind of want to have that balance and when you can have a creature that synergizes well with spells in these colors like dual caster mage it's a something to look look at
1: yep okay so x is some some interesting stuff there as well let's move on to our final mdf commander Moldo double face commander this is the deck that um I guess we can we can spoil it right now. I play this deck on the next game nights if it's not already out at <gasps> Gasp. this point. There, you may already have we seen We never it. know. I yeah, we're recording so much in advance right now because it's Commander Christmas. They're doing all the precons with this uh, uh, Thank you DJ. You you're really saving our our butts here. Okay, so this is uh Jodzi Oracle of Arcavios which is 6 blue-blue for a 5-5 five five legendary creature human wizard. You can discard a card to return Jodzi to its owner's hand. So this is, protects itself very well as an a-drop. It also has Magecraft, which we just saw on Extis. Magecraft, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card, you may cast it by paying 1 rather than paying its mana cost. If it's a land card, put it onto the battlefield. So that's cheating a mana cost. Anytime you cast or copy an instant or sorcery, you're going to pay one for the top card of your deck, and it could potentially just get cast Amazing. for that
2: mana. That's so That's so exciting to be able to cheat that much mana. Yeah. And there's a whole other side.
1: Yeah, the other side is what makes it all possible. It's Journey to the Oracle. Uh, it's two green green for a sorcery. So again, this is a creature on one side, sorcery on the other. You may put any number of land cards from your hand onto the battlefield. Then if you control eight more lands you may discard a card if you do return journey to the oracle to its owner's hand so four mana play it put any lands in your hand on the battlefield and then if you have eight or more lands you can discard a card and you bounce this to your hand which then means that you don't need to pay the commander tax on the other side Jodzi, because presumably that's what you're going to play next mm-hmm. turn okay okay so break it down because yeah. landfall For sure this is a landfall deck because this has one of the easiest play patterns of all of the MDF commanders because you play Journey to the Oracle, you want to get eight lands on the battlefield, you bounce it to your hand, you play Jodzi. now you have all these lands out to play Jodzi with, right? If you have eight or more lands, that means you're definitely casting Jodzi that next turn, and then you're going to just start wanting to go off with cheap instants or sorceries, paying that one extra, stacking the top of your deck with brainstorms and ponders and whatever else, and boom, you're able to cheat massive things on the battlefield. But this was actually a really hard deck for me to build because I think I didn't get it perfect. Um, It's kind of got this Golos flavor to it, which is like, let it stay around and you're going to see some real nasty things coming off the top of your library. Um, so it's like, do you focus then on getting Jodzi out and casting copyable spells? Or do you focus on casting mm. huge spells with it? Like you want to get omniscience out. You want to get expropriate to be played off of this. Um, and you have, you know, a lot of different ways to build this. So I think, you know, the one, one that I enjoyed that I was, cause I was playing Quandrix is like, I want to, I want to play like crazy creatures with lure effects and make people have to block them and, and cast them with Jodzi and have tons of man to do all sorts of tricky things. Um, so that's the direction I sort of took it. It's a little bit hard though because I kind of shied shied away from landfall. I just see so much landfall these days. I'm just kind of bored of it.
2: It is the most. I think that uh, Tetsiova is the most popular Simic deck,
1: oh, well, there and you so go.
2: landfall is a very popular strategy in this. Um, I I think it's super interesting because again, it pulls you in two different directions. Like. How do you get all these lands onto your into your hand? Right,
1: because you know? if you're just ramping with ramp and growth, they're actually not going to your hand. They're going to the battlefield. But you need to get eight lands to bring bring this back to your hand. So you do want to ramp at the same time, but you also want cards in your hand to be put into the battlefield with this. Because yeah. that's how it gets really powerful.
2: Exactly. So that's one, one thing that's pulling you in two different directions, just trying to, like, giving you deck building, uh, interesting ways of deck building. The other thing is, like you mentioned, you want those small spells that you can then, like, hit something off the top that's big and so you want those small spells and those big spells it's like hopefully it lines up and you have that brainstorm and then you pay one and hit that expropriate but sometimes you have that expropriate in your hand and you yeah, cast yeah casting brainstorm
1: know. actually triggers it so then you look at the card then so it's yeah you have to like kind of play into the Jodzy bit obviously mm-hmm. again you have the scroll racks here that are much more effective because you're cheating mana costs Um, one thing I was like thinking about is how do you get land cards into your hand and onto the battlefield and so you want to run a mix I think of of ramp in this deck where you do have Cultivate which puts a land in your hand you also have Nylea's Intervention which can put a lot of lands in your hand Realms Uncharted lets you put lands into your hand and the Graveyard because your opponent chooses Abundance lets you only draw lands if you have that enchantment out um, and then that card you were talking about, that one in the green one from Modern horizon Yeah, Winding Way. Winding Way. You just play great. it and just
2: draw your lands. And the land count on this deck would probably be pretty large, I'm assuming, right?
1: Yeah, and you can run the MDFC lands as well, because if they're a spell on one side and a land on the other, that counts as a land. So I think in this deck you're running like 40 to 45 lands minimum. Maybe even more if you're using a ton of utility lands.
2: One thing that's good about running that high of a land count is that you can really go deep in those utility lands. Yeah. You know, because you... You know, you, sometimes you don't need all of the lands but you can play something that's really impacts the board. Like you can put a Maze of Ith into the battlefield yes. and have it work.
1: You know what I and mean? And it's not going to be your land drop return either. Yeah. Right? So I think in this deck you do play the explore type cards which lets you put lands out quickly so that you can play Journey to the Oracle really early. Hopefully you have some sort of good draw engine, right? You need a lot of different things to set Journey to the Oracle up. You got to draw the cards to have the lands or play these like Nylea Interventions and then blam, when well, you play that, boom, you get five lands, four lands on the battlefield. Whatever gets you up to eight, so, um, you can play uh, a glacial chasm in this deck as well Ooh, nice. and just and stay away as you now have Jodzi putting out huge things
2: I like this it's big it's over the top it does splashy commander stuff you have these play patterns where you're just dropping your whole handful of lands on the battlefield doing these huge ramp spells from your command zone yeah that sounds that sounds fun
1: yeah and temple of the false god is one of those lands where you don't play it as much because you know if you draw it on turn three or whatever it sucks but in Jodzi, you're playing all of those kinds of lands you and you know I even even put emulate of Vigor in my deck because so many of those oh, lands fun. enter the battlefield tapped. So if you're able to get that in, I think uh, you know, if you could play herborg in this deck, you would too. So your your utility lands can tap for mana. hopefully your opponents will do that for you. <laughs> um and then the alt win con that I love in any lands deck is Soven Awakening. No better way than to beat everyone down with a bunch of buff lands, especially when it's like a maze of it swinging for lethal. Come on, the flavor. I don't know what the flavor is, actually. Um, so that is it. Those are the MDF commanders, all nine of them from this set. Really interesting build-arounds in general. I I, I want to see what decks these go in, because like we said, some of them are a little clunky.
2: I, one thing that I like is that sometimes you get a commander legendary, and it's like, okay, I know exactly what I'm building with this. Yeah, like, there's a lot of that, by the way. Yeah, it's just like, it feels very vanilla. And these feel unique. Mm -hmm. Like they really are they're really different Uh, and part of it is that they uh, have both sides and yeah, they might be a little bit clunky, but I'm excited to see what people make with them.
1: Yeah, and I think it's really cool too. uh, ever since commander legends came out. I think Watsi has found some somewhere some balance somewhere where the commanders are striking the right balance. We're not getting the Thrasios and then and, and, and Bonder, right? People yeah. out anymore. We're getting more of these sort of like between a five and an eight power level, depending on how you build it. And I think that's exactly where commander players like to get excited because, you know, they are going to be the people that just want the most competitive thing ever. But for a lot of us out here, we, we want to build fun decks. And I think like I would build a shale deck probably. Um, I really like Valentin I mean, as well.
2: Yeah. I'm gonna build. I'm gonna build this one. Exis. Yeah, I'm gonna Ooh, build Exis for sure. Wait to
1: see I'm gonna that, build on the that battlefield, and it's gonna womp face. I'm sure. All right, so like we always do, we're gonna go through some categories here. Most powerful new MDF commander. I think we're pretty matched on this one. It's got to be the last one we talked about, Jodzy.
2: Yeah, it's Jodzy. I mean it that effect of just being able to cheat big things into play Mm -hmm. and do ramp like ramp card advantage cheating mana cost it's like what is powerful in commander
1: yeah pretty good and uh, how about favorite new commander MDF Commander. I think I
2: gave mine away right. by saying. I think that, I did
1: too, by the way. Yeah,
2: where Exodus is mine. Uh, and if you're interested in a deck tech with Exodus, uh, uh, it'll be on the Jumbo Commander YouTube channel. Ooh, so very
1: nice. Make sure you do check it out because DJ's channel is fantastic. And I love hearing that voice too. Uh, and I think mine's going to be Shale, Dina Radiance. I, I like the plus one plus one counter synergies. And I think the Embrose side of it, there are some combos I haven't discovered yet. Maybe us comment commenters out there can help us out with that. All right, to the listeners, what are you? Excited about in terms of things from Strixhaven. Do you like these new MDF commanders? Do you like the direction that they're going? Do you agree with me that they're a good power level? Or do you wish Wizards would stick more to that one-faced commander stuff that we're used to? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, we're going to see a lot of Molo Face cards from here until forever, though, because this is two main sets in a row, right, with with them.
2: Yeah, I was really surprised to see them coming back, and I think it just goes to show that Wizards likes this design space, and we should expect to see more, and I'm happy for it, because I like the design space, too.
1: They don't need to pack all the power into one side. They can split it amongst two, not to mention... We got not just five characters on the front side, but you get five characters on the back too. And because we're only on one set for a lot of these, Strixhaven has so much lore to it. Callheim had so much lore to it. I feel like you're able to get more of the story, more of that Vorthos flavor because you are able to tell two parts of a story now on each card. Mm, I like that. All right. Uh, obviously, you're going to want to pick up some of these cards from Strixhaven or maybe the Mystical Archive. Uh, oh my gosh. Jimmy, again. Oh my bling goodness. Right here.
2: The Mystical Archive is fantastic. I feel like it was made for me.
1: You know, when they did the glass plane planeswalkers and yes. they had the Japanese versions, I was yeah. like, come on, Wizards. You know, I got to get these. <laughs> and then I see these mystical archives with their amazing Japanese variants as well. These are going to sell like hotcakes. I, I know it. And, and you're, you're going to want to get them from a place that's going to guarantee deliver to them to you in tip top condition with great customer service. That's cardking.com slash command zone. And I can't wait to see these in action because I want to I play against them, too. Right. As much as I want to have them in my own decks unless Uh, it's channel you you can't play that one (laughs) (laughs) very exciting stuff uh and of course ultra pro our sponsor for the show make sure you put those cards you know it's really important with two-faced cards now's no better time than ever to double sleeve
2: dj For, absolutely i'm gonna, a you know i'm DJ. a big fan of double sleeving i know josh we don't talk about yeah we don't talk Josh's about it but josh bad habits yeah josh doesn't mention it i mentioned it before
1: <laughs> <laughs> fortunately ultra Pro's got your back covered it's got opaque sleeves so that people won't be able to see the backside of the cards as well and they'll keep it in tip-top shape doing all of that supports the show as always uh so let's move on to the end step and it looks like dj you got something cool to talk about outside I the do. world of magic
2: i do uh i i I got a few board games for Christmas. Ooh. I know, and I'm very excited. In anticipation excited to- <laughs> for when you can play them with other I people. Know, yeah, Actually, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't played this game very, very much yet, but I will. Um, but I'm super excited about it. It's a, it's a game called My City. Ooh. Um, and basically, it's, the way that it's designed is that you have different boards, and you kind of have to very carefully build your city by placing things together. And it's almost like Tetris meets like Ooh. civilization stuff like that so i it's think like i may have played this
1: stuff. is there like a randomizer that you have to put something down of that color or something on each turn yes uh, okay this it, it,
2: jimmy's played it you've played yeah
1: it. it's it's really fun actually because it's fun. you're right it is exactly you described it perfectly you have this little board and it's not like you have to choose what goes down there's different wind conditions different sorts of cities and things you can build to get to those but you have to plan it in a way so that you don't waste space too
2: yeah I mean, I really liked an original game of this, like an old school game called Cathedral, where you Ah. had to place uh, different things down and like uh, sort of cordon off your area away from your opponents. But this one, it's these new games that they're coming out with are just like spectacular because like my city has like a whole like campaign thing it like grows along with you like you can play a game and be like all right, let's go on to the next one you don't just play the same game Mm -hmm. you open up another you can just put another board out there and suddenly everything's different Mm -hmm. you open up another win condition or another sort of like uh, set of buildings or something like that and then it sort of changes along with it and I've been really enjoying that yeah
1: I I played it once and I got stomped because I made my city (laughs) and it was just like uh oh I cannot place any buildings anymore and I was just like pass the turn Pass the turn uh, past the turn that's uh, yeah.
2: yeah that could happen for
1: sure uh, DJ you like board games right
2: I, I love board games
1: we gotta have a board game night Oof. I want to know if our viewers like board games too because this is a whole field
2: that... oh my gosh and like we're like I'm I love board games I am an amateur compared to <laughs> the number there are so many of them out there no people kidding that like are know everything about them so yeah and so... they'll buy
1: the custom inserts and all that oh stuff too gosh. you know I would love to and maybe we can someday in the future do this don't tell Josh I'm giving him more work <laughs> Would it be cool to do a board game show that's similar to Game Nights, right? yes playing some cool board games i would love to see i would love to see seven wonders oh my gosh that that would be great yeah but we don't need to interview all seven people that would be chaos (laughs) all right moving on to the cleanup step our editing graphics and logistics team here is manson lung craig blanchett ashlyn rose lady danger alfred Saka, josh murphy jake boss patrick non jordan pridgen arthur meadowcroft and sam waldo and special thanks as always to jeffrey Palmer for the living card animations that often live behind us on set and also start and end our show well it's just starting our show because we put cool animations that sam makes now at the end of our show so you can find him at living cards mtg on twitter um that does it for this strict saving review so much more to come yeah you're going
2: to be seeing a lot of us
1: yeah and i so much love for dj in the comments by the way i'd love to see it so happy to that i get to write like i was gone from mulan last time but now i get to actually podcast with you it's so exciting
2: podcasting all right
1: maybe we should do another bling episode what do you think i yes i want to see the altars because that's the one area i don't collect in and i think that's really neat we'll do it. Okay, cool. If you if you want to see that and you're still listening, most people have dropped off at this point. Let us know in the comments. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time.
2: Bye-bye, everyone.
0: Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to command@ at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at J.F. Wong and at Josh Lee Qui. See you later, alligator.
1: Greetings, humans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find